0: Hello and welcome to another Light Reading Podcast. This one is live from OFC. Uh, My name is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. And
1: uh, I'm here with Phil, Charlie Vogt with uh, DZS.
0: Uh, Charlie is the CEO of DZS and Charlie, thanks so much for making some time for me today. Well, I appreciate appreciate the opportunity. It it is, uh, you know, this is maybe a typical CEO question, but you are a CEO and you do talk to your customers and everybody wants to know what your customers are thinking. What they're worried about what they're looking forward to and that sort of thing so i think uh, a good place this is also the first time we've had an official interview this year uh 2023 so let's uh so what are the macro trends that you're seeing in the market uh you know based on uh what you've seen and done so far
1: well we entered 2023 coming off a pretty strong year last year i mean we exited 2022 with 320 million dollars of backlog um, pretty excited about some of the new design wins that we've had across mm-hmm. uh, Western Europe and Korea and uh, and in North America. So uh, you know we we're we're, we're bullish uh, on the year. I mean you know I get a lot of questions about you know the the macro backdrop and and what if anything that uh, the United States and in Europe uh, is feeling from a from an economics perspective uh, is going to impact service providers. I mean. You know, we just haven't seen any pushback to this point. I mean, it doesn't mean that things are going to shift and change throughout the year. I mean, it's it's been a very dynamic market uh, going back to, you know, when the pandemic started. You know, we
0: mm-hmm.
1: we were uh, pretty excited about, you know, the overall uh, opportunity. I think nobody saw the supply chain challenges coming that impacted us, you know, over the last two years. And, and then we enter this year, you know, with um, – with interest rates spiking to the highest they've been in, you know, what, a couple decades. And, uh, you know, some of the regions around the world are are struggling a little bit. I mean, we've we've been uh, challenged with just managing, you know, foreign exchange currencies with a really strong U.S. dollar. But as it relates to just pure demand, I mean, we just haven't seen um, the anticipated, I think, slowdown that I think a lot of, media and analysts continue to ask i mean so far at least the customers we have we haven't seen that it doesn't mean that we won't see changes that could come at, at a minute's notice right i mean sure. you know service providers aren't forecasting that they're going to tell us something in a week right
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah indeed yeah no it, it it does seem like the the what keeps what, what seems to be constant is you know not just bandwidth demand but um the 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 applications you know on the on the consumer and the business side are are hungrier than ever. You know, it's like the, the, there's there's no uh, there's no point in designing something that's super efficient. It's now it's got to have AR. It's got to have you know a, a path toward VR. Or if it's in any kind of data processing, it's going to be uh, tied into machine learning and, and AI application. So,
1: yeah, I mean, look, we we've spent the last two years, um, you know, really double clicking on the portfolio. We we mm-hmm. we think that we've. Uh, introduce the industry's most advanced OLT uh, portfolio uh, compared to our peer group. We we just introduced what we think is the industry's most innovative optical-edge transport platform with the Sabre 4400. Uh, and I think those are the things that are, I think, really uh, getting the attention of a lot of the Tier 1 and Tier 2s around the world you know, as it relates to YDZS. And it's because Mm -hmm. we've listened, Uh, we've made a lot of the technology choices and decisions uh, and enhancements that have put us in a position that service providers can feel comfortable that they can deploy our OLTs knowing that the architecture is a non-blocking architecture that sports up to 50 gigabits. So while you know we're all you know focused on delivering xgs Pond today, mm-hmm. you know our customers can feel comfortable that if they deliver our our two-slot, our uh, new six-slot, or our 14-slot chassis, that they can feel comfortable that once 50 gig chips are available, which we've been working very closely with Broadcom that uh, it's it's a simple module upgrade and not a complete systems upgrade so I think that's been very differentiated and obviously the the uh, the two acquisitions that we made on the software side are really helping to uh, differentiate our, our overall offering from what we're doing in the core with orchest- uh with software orchestration and automation to what we're doing with network assurance and 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 of course with cloud check whether in- home Wi-Fi so we're we're feeling pretty bullish. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're getting a pretty good reception around the world from large tier one or tier twos. And, and hopefully that continues to evolve into more design wins, which are a leading indicator of orders, which obviously yeah. eventually translate into revenue and margins.
0: Yeah. Um, it, uh, to go back to a theme that sort of came up uh, m- most strongly in the pandemic, uh, that of the digital divide. You know, We had covered it before when, when we, uh, when the shutdown happened, uh, you know, the lockdown happened, we were um, suddenly faced with how, uh, uh, how unconnected some, some parts of the, the country and the world are. Um, uh, what kind of uh, or what things in your portfolio or what technologies are helping uh, network operators come closer to closing the digital divide?
1: Well, it's, you know, I mean, fundamentally, you know, when you look at our portfolio, we, we have uh, our our Access Edge portfolio, which is our our OLTs. Those are the technologies and platforms that actually, um, you know, deliver broadband services to homes and businesses. We have, you know, a very extensive ONT mm-hmm. uh, portfolio. Those are technologies that actually terminate fiber at the home. And then we have a, a broad in-home Wi-Fi Portfolios. So, from an access perspective, last mile access, you know, we've got a very um, broad portfolio that uh, can certainly help service providers of any shapes and size to uh, bridge that digital divide and, and give them the ability to deliver, you know, today up to 10 gigabits. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the future, be able to do that in such a way that they can um, upgrade those customers, you know, beyond a gig, and uh, and and as much as you know, 50 gig with the new chipset, mm-hmm. uh, using the same platform, and and then you know, with our new. Uh, uh, optical edge transport platform we're really excited about the way we can elegantly aggregate last mile uh, um, fiber and and you know uh, mobile transport for, you know when you think about how many fixed wireline operators and cable operators are, are managing and carrying wireless spectrum yeah. you know we've got a very elegant solution there and you know we're we're continuing to do very well in um in the in the oran world um mm-hmm. you know where we've got a lot of emerging companies that are leveraging our our next generation uh, mobile transport platform that does front hall mid hall and back haul transport and again as you as you complement that with our software you know portfolio we 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 feel really good about where we're at
0: good um does this uh, do you see these as solutions as supporting things like uh, you because know, service providers are always you know have have their um, eye on bead funding on the middle mile grants uh Chinese equipment replacement. You know, there's all kinds of government programs that are kind of targeted toward upgrading, improving, and and extending the life of certain networks. Um, do you do you feel like you're well positioned in that space?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty hot topic right now. I mean, obviously, RDOF has you know sort of phase one before the bipartisan infrastructure bill was passed. You know, year and a half ago or so, uh, mm-hmm. the 42 billion dollar bead program. Uh, which included the mid-mile grant of about two billion dollars. Uh, they're fundamentally different. Um, I would say that the BEAD program, which I think most people are trying to understand, uh, more than the RDOF program, which is often and running and it, it, it's you know it, it is certainly being utilized. Um, you know, with all of these grants and programs, there are you know there's rules and regulations and stipulations and certain things that service providers have to be willing to do to, to qualify but in in the case of the Bead program, I think one of the I think the one of the greatest opportunities we have, um, okay. and and I think one of the single biggest challenges that the whole industry has is you know the government is hard fast on this fifty five percent buy and build in America. And yeah. um, I don't think technically anyone qualifies. Uh, you know, we have consciously made a decision with the transfer of our manufacturing from uh, our Florida facility to Fabernet to keep a facility in the United States in Santa Clara mm-hmm. so that we can claim that we're we're manufacturing um, and, and building in America. I think amongst most of our peers, we're one of very few, if not uh, the only that is doing that. Uh, But you have chips that, you know, make up 30 to 50% of your bomb that today are being manufactured in countries like Taiwan with TSMC. And right now, the government sees that as products that are not manufactured in the United States. So today, technically, they don't qualify. Right. Um, you know, does the government see that a waiver of some sort is required? Uh, do they see that the intellectual property of those chips, let's say, from companies like Broadcom and others that are that are actually designed and developed here in the United States ends up qualifying because that's where most of the development uh, is occurring. And, and even though the actual... Manufacturing of the wafer chip is in in another country. Does does that help? I, I think at some point that has to. Those decisions are going to have to be made. Otherwise, you know, none of this bead dollars is going to be doled out. And 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 that's you know part of the reason why we've been laser focused on the tier one and tier two operators, just because. They're not as dependent on those dollars, and they're going to continue to stay laser-focused on on building out. I've never seen such a rigorous and more focused telecom sector than I have in the last two or three years. I mean, I think this is a great window of opportunity for them to really set themselves apart um, Mm -hmm. as we go forward. If you can get fiber of the home, think about it, Phil. I mean – you know, you're you're not worried about what you know Amazon and Meta and you know Facebook and Google and and everyone who you know is bringing lots of cool new applications that consumers want to use at home. Uh, you no longer have those limitations, so I, I think that it would be a missed opportunity for the uh, service buyers to not, not find a way to get glass to the home. And I think, you know, we're, we're, we're laser focused on that. And as they continue to do that, uh, which is gonna take a lot of years, um, it, it's, 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 it's gonna change the whole landscape.
0: Yeah, and speaking as a consumer, if you get fiber to my home, I, spend money for a longer period of time because i'm not going to change access technologies or access providers at any point i'm also going to call you a heck of a lot less for customer support for all kinds of issues
1: that's right a lot of people don't realize how many how many issues and challenges copper you know i.e dsl really um, provided the the service fighters i mean it, you know we could spend an hour talking about the challenges of of copper uh and and you know what magic was created what electronics over the last, you know, fifteen years to to get to the bandwidth that we did with with just, you know, delivering okay, we're delivering fiber to the curb, but you know, from the curbs at a home and inside the home, you know, for years and years it was still very much twisted pair and now yeah. you get fiber to the home, you get high speed, you know, Wi Fi technology in the home and to your point, um, what service providers want more than anything is for you not to call them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they want a happy customer. They want to minimize the touch points. Uh, they want to automate as much as they possibly can, which is why we've been spending so much time and energy into some of the software solutions that we've been bringing to the market, including what we announced, you know, this week uh, yeah. with um, our, our extreme access and and, and and transport. I mean, we're real excited about you know the, those those two software modules and and what that does to really change the landscape.
0: Yeah, that's what I was let's let's. Uh, dive into that a bit, because I mean that is the the, the um, big announcement that you guys have at the show. It, so it's aimed at you know obvious, and and I guess you know overall, it's it's obvious to see that that DZS has been working on its software portfolio, and may, it might even be the the most underrated part of the company um, overall. But it's uh you know it's the extreme transport solution. It's aimed at orchestration and automation for for from what i've read every size service provider but but you you seem to feel that the largest one the largest service providers would particularly take note of this so maybe you can tell us sort of what's involved in the in the in the announcement
1: yeah i mean if you think about the way you know the core of the network uh, you know the long haul and metro optics part of the network and and even in the central office with the uh, where the olts have historically resided Um, There's really been no sophisticated automation software platform that was really designed to uh, help integrate multiple flavors of of supplier technology. There's really been nothing that was designed to to orchestrate all the applications, a way to simplify uh, deploying new services. And, you know, a lot of service providers, frankly, over the last decade have either used, you know, um, proprietary uh, orchestration platforms from, you know, vendor to vendor to vendor, mm-hmm. which made it really hard because there's lots of different technology in the network and there puts a lot of strain on the IT departments and, and a lot of, you know, the uh, the resources to manage all that. Or they have, you know, tried to build their own. Which, you know, service providers are not technology companies. They're not software developers, and it makes it challenging for them to try to develop technology and and, and all the interfaces that are required um, to 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 support all the different technologies they have and what they don't even know they have. So, you know, when we acquired Rift, you know, uh, it was a, a very well-funded VC uh, startup that you know they spent seven years, you know, building a true multi-vendor Domain orchestration software platform. We took it and and really hit the accelerator button. And you know we're we're both in the 5G side of the network with some very large tier ones that are using it for their 5G network, uh, including things like network slicing. Mm-hmm. And and we saw this huge gap on the fiber of the home side of the business to take that same domain and automation technology and be able to implement it on fiber of the home. Uh, deployments and uh, that's what is exciting right now is we launched the the um, extreme access uh, a few weeks ago at horizons Mm -hmm. uh, our innovation and technology summit and then you know here we took this opportunity with the backdrop of optical transport to wait and announce uh, the 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 transport module this week but uh, i i think we have something very exciting there's not any service rider that we've introduced this technology to, that they don't have a strong interest in learning a lot more about it. So we see that it has a lot of legs, and we see that it's a real complement to what we're doing with our Sabre 4400 and what we're doing with the Velocity OLT
0: portfolio. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, we'll look forward to uh, uh, seeing those hitting the market, and uh, hopefully, we'll uh, report back soon as to you know who picks up picks it up and when, <laughs> and what they're able to do with it. Uh, uh, it uh, we'll have to leave it there too, because you're you're quite busy. I've been watching your phone blinking, uh, uh, going on and off with phone calls. So I'm 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 going to end it here. Uh, Charlie, vote. Thanks so much for being on the podcast.
1: Oh, thanks, Phil. It's always a pleasure.